You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Good morning, Harvest. Wow. Is it ever great to be with you this morning? I'm so glad that you're either watching on Facebook this morning or you've, uh, you're on your, our YouTube platform, whichever platform you've chosen. Welcome. Thank you for being here this morning. Wow. I want to give a big shout out to our worship team. Goodness, did they do a great job. I just, I, I personally felt uh, pulled into the very presence of God and ministered to. As you're watching today, I hope you've already experienced uh, the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, his power, his goodness. Uh, I was watching some of the online chatting going on, and Dennis is watching today. Dennis, I just felt like uh, the Lord dropped a word into my heart for you this morning to encourage you. I know you're a cars guy. I know you love to be on the track and, and, and racing around. And I felt like uh, the Lord said to me that sometimes in your life you wish you could go uh, your life could proceed like your car does, and uh, you have felt like you've spent most of the time in the pit stop. And I feel like the Lord's encouraging you today to tell you the pit stop days are over. God's equipping you. God's putting some gas in your tank and some new tires on your frame. These are good days. You forget about what the enemy has been speaking to you. And I want to tell you something, sir, that God is about to supercharge you, about to put some high-octane fuel into your tank because he's blessed blessing you. He loves you. He's for you and not against you. It's about to turn around. Hey, if you've heard that this morning and you thought, I'd like that word, why don't you go ahead and just receive that if that witnesses to you as well. But Dennis, just love you so much. Pray that God will bless you this morning. We are talking about boundaries in our series, Church uh, That Heal Part 3. Today is about boundaries, and we're going to have some fun with this. And uh, I hope you're enjoying the series and that you are taking notes, you're able to get into a small group setting and uh, process this in group. And if you haven't, why don't you go online? You can find a group even this week to process with and to work through some of this material. In part one, we saw the need to stop judgment. The God put his judgment on Jesus. Jesus was our advocate. He took God's judgment for our sin on himself and the cross to remove judgment. You've got to remove judgment in order uh, for growth to take place. And so we saw uh, the importance of having an environment that stops the judgment. At Harvest, we want to be an advocacy church. We want every person to have an advocate, not only uh, an advocate in Jesus, but the gospel is incarnational. Uh, it is it is God in the flesh, and so as Jesus is in our hearts as a church uh, family and a church body, we want to be an advocacy church that has uh, clear pathways to Jesus with an environment of shame off. Well, we've got to dig around the roots and find out what's missing from the factory or life sometimes. We have accidents in life. Uh, we have trauma in life, crisis in life, and when that takes place, Maybe what we came from from the factory got broken. And so we need to dig around and find out what needs to be added over good time. Last week we considered the first growth, um, the, the first growth area, which is connectedness. If you're not connected to another human being, 
if you're not living in vulnerability where you can ask. And uh, I got some feedback this week. Many of you uh, really related to the story of the well and begin to ask the question, who's in my well? And it's not so much uh, that people have to come down in your well. Sometimes I'll hear that, oh, I have nobody in my well. We'll begin to make those relationships. Really, the onus is on us to make the relationships that we open up and connect uh, significantly to another person. If you can't connect, and many of us are trust muscles broken, and if you can't connect, then you can't receive the additives, and we need the additives to grow. And so that was our first uh, consideration last week. This week, we're going to look at uh, this idea of boundaries, and it's a subject that Henry Cloud has probably he's best known for. And there are many, many, many books, um, boundaries uh, by that title. There's boundaries for kids, boundaries for marriages, boundaries for everything. And so I want to be uh, careful this morning to kind of right from the beginning say we're not going to be covering all of the material that Henry would cover in, you know, 40 books. What we're going to do is introduce this growth area called boundaries so that we can work through it this week in group and ask the question, do I have healthy boundaries? So where connectiveness is connecting to another person, a boundary is knowing uh, where my property lines are of who I am as a person. Uh, This is a really big topic, as I said, but we're going to narrow it down today to this, having a no in your life. Do you have a no? And you might uh, have a no in your own life, but you don't know how to hear Another person's no. And so that's really what it boils down to, having a no and hearing somebody else's no. Well, we talked about the babies that internalize mom's love. And as the baby uh, internalizes mom's love because it cries, it asks, mom uh, gives, and there's there's a growing and a trusting that takes place. And that first identity for that little one is I am loved and I am accepted. Our first identity, I am loved and I am accepted. The second, and equally important, as that baby grows in trust is, I am me, I'm not you. (laughs) All right? So the independence, I am me and I'm not you. I'd like you to think for a minute about, uh, it's kind of of, uh, mysterious when we talk about the Trinity, God is three and God is one, but we are made in the image of God. And so... In that sense, we also are to live in plurality, in relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have been in eternity together in perfect relationship. There are three. Uh, there is one. But even though there's the one, there is, uh, there, there's the plurality, there's also individuality in the Trinity. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. And so don't go, don't get lost on me now in this idea of the Trinity, but just understand that God made us in his image, that we are to have connectiveness, but we're also to have separateness, separateness. And so even though we need to be connected to others, we also need to be separate and understand where I am, where I begin, and where I end. I want you to understand uh, what, your, what is your feelings your thoughts, your belief systems, your talents, your desires, the things that make you you. And if we're going to grow, it's important that we understand where 
I begin where I end and where another person starts. Now, someone who's not separate and doesn't know who they are apart from someone else um, is is that, that we can't grow. And, and where we see the biggest kind of infraction of this is when uh, someone gets married and the their, the parents of one of those spouses comes into the marriage with them. No, not physically. Oh, maybe if you live in their basement, <laughs> but not physically, but in one of the spouse's heads that, that, you know, you ask for a decision. So, honey, what do you think about this? Well, just a minute, I'll ask my mom. Or just a minute, I'll ask my dad. And so that that, that young adult now, as they are uh, beginning their life with their spouse, doesn't understand who they are as a person. And, of course, that's going to create a lot of issues probably in that marriage. How we learn or how we don't learn to say no, to have boundaries. This is who I am. This is my desires. These are my thoughts. How we learn or we don't learn that really goes into another topic that we talk about. We use the word control. And somebody is controlling or I'm being controlled. This is, this is all in this understanding of boundaries and being able to say no to somebody else's will being imposed or, or saying no and learning not, I'm not to impose my will on another person. And I want you to really think about this because this autonomy of the human being, this autonomy of our separateness, this, this, the uniqueness of how God created us, that each of us has a destiny, that each of us has a role to play in life and to contribute who we are, our talents, our gifts, our desires, our thoughts, our, our, our individuality is a gift to the world. And, and that, um, not, uh, that, that God gives us that, and that God respects it so, so very much that God himself will never usurp will. God himself will never control. God will never manipulate. In other words, you know, you might be praying for God uh, to show himself real to a loved one. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I'm kind of like, well, God, why can't God just make them become a Christian? I mean, God's God. Why doesn't he just go in and change their will? Because the will is so holy. The the that the right to choose our individuality is so holy. God gave every human being even the ability to choose him or not to choose him. You see, love in its essence, choosing another, saying yes to another human being, saying yes to a human being that you'll get married to, is really the highest form of connection and love. And God gave every human being that capacity to say yes to him or to say no to him. So human will is very holy. Jesus said it this way. He said, just a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. We're reading from Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. In some versions, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Anything else is from the evil one. What is the scripture saying here? That when you get into the gray of messing with somebody's will, convincing them of something they don't want to do. It gets into the realm of manipulation, which is where Satan lives. Satan usurps people's will. In fact, the the ultimate usurping of a will, it's called possession, demonic possession, where the evil one can literally possess or have or own somebody else's will. Whereas God will never do that. He waits for us to give 
He will never take. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. So manipulating or messing or getting into somebody's head and messing with their will is actually evil. And so we need to teach our children and we need to grow in healthy boundaries so that we can learn to say no to what somebody else is convincing us that we don't want to do. All right, we're talking about boundaries. We're talking, the question this morning, who has control over you? The Bible says it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. So many people are living in the bondage and a yoke of slavery to another human being because they don't know how to say no to that person. Often we experience, um, we experience this with, with uh, parents who, who don't, don't give their kids choices. And uh, the parent makes all the choices for, for, the, for, the, for the child. Now, when they're super young, that's really important because kids don't know how to make choices. But as kids get older and they're internalizing love and acceptance, the first identity, the second idea being that identity being I'm not you, I'm me, is to give children as they're being raised, to give them healthy choices to make so that they can make, begin to learn how to make choices. But many, many adults have never learned to properly make their own choices. They don't even know what their choices are. And, and, and so, um, because, because think of it this way, maybe, maybe you experienced this where all you ever wanted to be when you grew up was a nurse. And your mom said to you, no, no, honey, you really want to be a beautician. That's what you want to be. And, and they're like, no, I, I'm pretty sure I want to be a nurse. No, no, honey, you want to be a beautician. And so that, that young, you know, could be a child and then growing and then becoming a young adult is not even sure what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? If that young adult, and maybe you're relating to that story this morning, if you go to say no, there's hell to pay because there will be guilt and manipulation coming from the one who's holding the remote control of your life. And we'll talk about how to get it out of their hands and get it back into yours. And you don't want to deal with the guilt or manipulation. Or maybe you're married today. And you can identify with uh, the, uh, the husband that was looking around the house, just looking, intently looking around as if he'd lost something. <laughs> and his wife said, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for your mom. He said, well, she's not here. Oh, yeah, she is. She's here somewhere <laughs> because it feels like she's living in our home. And so, you know, the example of a parent who just hasn't let go of an adult and allowed that adult, an adult to begin choosing their own life. In those cases, you're not really making your own decisions at all. But you're trying to make decisions in your life to please another person, to please another person. You kind of lose your individuality so that you keep everybody happy around you, and you begin to lose who are you. God doesn't want you to lose that. There is connection, but there's also to be healthy separation. And there are, it's as if you've become too nice. <laughs> to say no. Some of you this morning are hearing this. You go, but I can't say no because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And you're that nice person who just won't say no because uh, you, 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 you're just afraid of that. The problem with that is there are people who will never take no for an answer, and they'll eat you alive. They will consume who you are as a person. And as we talk about boundaries, asking the question, who controls you? 
Are you in control of your life or is somebody else? You can't grow and become healthy in these areas unless you understand where to put the boundaries and how to say no. Scripture from Galatians this morning, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So as we become Christ followers, the the Holy Spirit begins to work in our life and begins to produce in us, by God's grace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Aren't these great things? And self-control. Self-control. When sin entered the human race, we lost control. We lost this fruit of the Spirit when, when sin entered. When we become a Christ follower, God gives us the potential again to gain control. And the only good control is self-control. Because when the human race lost control, what they started doing is becoming control freaks and controlling everything around them except themselves. And humanity began to try to control each other, try to control the world so that they could bring order to themselves. Instead of understanding that the way God designed it is that we would have control over ourselves. Now, look, control is not a bad thing. It's a bad thing when it manipulates and it crosses the line into somebody else's territory. I was thinking the other day about uh, when Christina and I were a young married couple, we got an Atari video game system. If you don't know what that is, Google it after the message. It is vintage. It is old because we are old. <laughs> and the capacity of these game systems, the very simple graphics, they were so much fun. We, you know, we'd sit in our apartment and we would play by the hour. But they had one controller, one controller for the game because the technology wasn't vast enough and the memory card's not big enough to be able to interact with two players or multiple players. Some of you are watching. You, you get online at night, and you play with people all over the world. I mean, the capacity of gaming systems is crazy. We've got one controller connected to the Atari, and we would have to take turns playing the game. Do you know how awful it is waiting for the other person to die on the video game so you can get the control module in your hands? Look, we were all created to be in control. It is so much fun when you can hold the controller and control what's happening on the screen. And that's why game systems began to advance because nobody wanted to play multiplayer, watch somebody else holding the control. Some of you know what I mean because you try to drive the car from the passenger side. <laughs> you, you want one of those uh, like the driving school cars where there's a brake on both sides. <laughs> If you're watching with someone, don't nudge them right now if that's if you can relate. God designed us to not only be in control, to enjoy it. The brain actually fires like crazy when we're holding the control uh, um, uh, module of our lives. Guard your heart, Proverbs 4.23. We're talking about that control is good. Self-control is the control we want to learn. And that we want to not be controlling others or to be controlled by others. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. 
God wants to put our life on course with his destiny. In order to do that, we need to learn last week, connectiveness. This week, who we are and the boundaries of our life. And I want you to think about your life just like that. The property, if you own a home or or you know someone who does own a home, there are property lines that legally uh, demarcate and mark out who or what in the property sense, but in thinking about people, who you are, your property lines. And those property lines, your influence, your desires, um, all of the things that we listed, your feelings, your beliefs, your talents, who you are, are marked out by your property lines. And the Bible says that we're to guard that. And so that word guard is to have some weapon on your shoulder, and you're guarding, you are very intentional about, now we're not talking about in a gruff way or, you know, being being mean for those of you that are going to have trouble with this because you're like, I'm too nice to say no. <laughs> you're going to see, no, you're going to have, you, 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 you really need to learn that it's not niceness at all. It's allowing things uh, to happen that, that God didn't intend in your life. But, but you're guarding in the sense of, I know who I am, and I'm going to protect that. Why? Because it is the very life that flows out of me and that God created me to be. Each of us has our life and has our property lines. We own it in that sense. We are to control it in that sense. And we are responsible for our own lives. Now, I want you to think about maybe you have, uh, have a friend, and I just want you in your mind and your imagination as I tell the story today that your friend shows up, uh, knocks at the door, and says, hey, we're coming over for a visit. And you're like, hey, that'd be great. And they're carrying a can of the brightest yellow paint because there's a color sticker on the top of it that you've ever seen in your life. And you're like, oh, you brought paint? Yes. Ralph and I were noticing that your garage door could use a coat of paint. And we're over here today to to paint it. And in your mind, you're thinking, I just painted that door a week ago. Man, I, 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 what's wrong with my door? Did I not do a good job painting the door? Why would you come up? Why would you show up at my house with paint and want to paint my door? And you're thinking these things, but you're not saying a word, and they're smiling. They're, Ralph and I will just go over and start painting your garage door. Uh, and, and what color is? Oh, it's, it's, annoy your, it's annoy your neighbor's bright yellow. That's what it's called. That's what the color is. And they start prepping, and you're standing there, and you want, no, stop painting my door. But you're so nice, you're going, well, I mean, they did come over to help us, and and, and maybe yellow's not a bad color. Maybe it'll, be, maybe it'll look really good. When, no, <laughs> they didn't ask to come over and paint your door. Why are you letting them paint your door. You're too nice to say no. Or you come home one day and, and uh, uh, you drive up and your neighbor is standing on your front lawn and they've just turned the chainsaw off of the most beautiful tree that you had on your front lawn and they've timbered it on your front lawn there, and they were cutting it up. And they're going, hey, neighbor, we were noticing that your house is way too shaded and it would look way better if we were just to open it up. So we just came over and thought you'd like that. We just opened it. Isn't it great? Isn't that awesome? We cut your tree down. <laughs> we would call that, listen now, we would call that legally trespassing. Trespassing. <laughs> trespassing. Say it with me online today. Don't You don't have to 
type it, but say it, trespassing. Thank you. Now, it's interesting that we pray a prayer. We pray a prayer. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Trespassing is a real thing. And learning to guard, learning to say no, and to know where your boundaries are when it comes to relationship with other people. It can work this way too. What if a person isn't taking responsibility for their property? You might be in a relationship with somebody who has uh, an addiction. Maybe they're an alcoholic. And they have their identity, but their not being responsible with their life is spilling over. And the junk of their life, the garbage of their life is spilling over on yours. And you're just so nice about it, you just keep cleaning it up. You just, you know, you just, you just take care of it for them. Think about your neighbor pulling up his Winnebago. And your your side by side neighbors, but he just takes advantage of that and parks it on your side of the property, and it's a leaky old Winnebago. It's leaking oil and it's destroying your driveway. And you're kind of just looking at it, going, "I really love my neighbor. I hate his Winnebago and I hate the oil stains." <laughs> That's the this idea that we're learning. We have to be uh, um, learning, as we're saying, in a loving way but no to our neighbor and say, you need to put your Winnebago on your property. I'm not going to take responsibility for your leaky Winnebago. Leviticus 19.15, there's a principle here, and I just want to share it as we, we're going to tie up this understanding of, of having a no and hearing a no. It's so important. As I've worked with leaders over the years, it's amazing to me, uh, and I can sometimes often tell uh, you know, a, a young leader will come and you begin working with them that they've never heard no in their life. They were raised in a way that it was a yes, 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 yes. They were never given a no. And they have a strong no. As a toddler, it's almost as an adult, I can hear their toddler, now, <laughs> now. <laughs> and it's not just being able to have a no, but it's being able to hear a no. We're talking about property lines. This is, this is so important to healthy growth. And the wellspring of life that Proverbs talks about, that we can grow in our full capacity. It says this, do not twist justice in legal matters. Yes be yes, no be no. Now, even though it's talking about legality in legal matters, we'll see the application. So if you're going to mete out what's right, what's right in a situation, that's how I want you to see this, how we're going to use this. When you are deciding what is right, in a situation in your life, don't twist it, yes or no, but not the gray and the manipulative evil in between. Do not twist or pervert in some, um, in some translations. And it doesn't mean like sexual perversion. It means per- perverting in that twisting, taking it off course, not being true to what's right. Do not twist justice, what's right, in legal matters. By favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful, always judge people fairly. Always, when you're doing what's right, we do it according to the yes and the no. In our example, the people who are poor could be the people that are needy, 
unable to provide for themselves. They present as if they need so much help. And in the cases of helping other people, you might be a person that you like, you, you feed the stray cats, and you just notice that every time you feed stray cats, there's two, four, they bring their friends, you got ten, and now you're the cat person. Why? Because you felt sorry for them. But they weren't feeding themselves. They weren't taking responsibility for themselves. And so you took responsibility, in this case the poor, not just the poor financially, but people who are in poverty of being able to take responsibility and caring for themselves. You want to be that nice person. Or the other extreme is the rich and the powerful. And you might be watching today and going, I have a boss or I have a spouse that's just so controlling. I would never be able to say no. I would never be able to say, here's my boundary line. I would never be able to. They are powerful. They are a powerful person. So I'm not going to be true to my known who I am. In that case, I'm going to defer to their power. Well, the Scriptures say you can't do that. And you shouldn't do that. And we're, we're going to learn as we process this material of how, that's why this morning is just an introduction, but begin to give the tools. And in small group, and as the, as the weeks go and the months go, if this is an area that God is showing you that you're digging into and going, oh, my goodness, I could use some help in this area, we'll help one another and we'll learn the principles of how to say to a, the rich and powerful, no, or how to say some, to someone I'm feeling sorry for, no. Because if you don't, The Scripture goes on. Don't secretly hate your neighbor. The person that you share the property line with, don't secretly hate them. Well, why would I hate them? Because I want to say no and I can't. That's why you would secretly hate them. And you begin resenting. And depression starts to result from that. Anger can result from that. And a lot of the symptoms of the things that we want to kind of grow from and grow out of and, and teach other people how to do this is actually rooted in the resentment of feeling powerless or feeling like I don't want to be the mean person to say no. Don't secretly hate your neighbor. If you have something against him, your Winnebago's leaking oil all over my property. You have something against him. You need to begin taking responsibility for your life. I can't keep shelling money out for you because it's going to your addiction anyway. You need to learn how to take responsibility. I'll walk with you. I'll love you, and I'll be there for you. But you have to take responsibility. Here are the, here are the boundary lines. If you secretly hate your, your neighbor, if you have something against him, get it out into the open. Otherwise... You're an accomplice in the guilt. You're an accomplice in the guilt. You're enabling this thing that you hate and resent to actually have happen. You're actually allowing it because you haven't guarded your property lines. There's a story in the Bible about Moses, and Moses was... Um, Moses is stepping up to bat to to take over as the leader of uh, of the nation of Israel, and, and uh, he would sit down and and people would come and ask Moses questions, and he was kind of like a lawyer in a court of law, sorting stuff out in people's lives. And the next thing uh, was that uh, Moses was spending from very early in the morning to very late at night working. Uh, he didn't know how to say no to a time schedule that was eating his life up. And some of us don't know how to say no and get our lives into order. 
And you have to have an orderly, productive life if you're going to grow and be able to be all that God's called you to be. And, and so Exodus 18, 14, Moses' father-in-law uh, saw what he was doing for the people. And he said, what you're doing for, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Why do you sit alone and sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses' uh, father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not good working all day and all night. And I've talked to people, and they go, you don't understand. My job is demanding. I, I, have, to, I have to do this. No, I don't know. Part of saying no is learning how to put boundaries around our time, boundaries around who we are so that we can give our loved ones our first and our best. Many of us are giving our first and our best to our jobs and to our work, our employers, instead of giving our best to those that we are in family with. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will wear yourselves out. Interesting, not only is Moses wearing himself out, but the people that he's enabling are wearing themselves out. So the relationships that don't have proper boundaries, it's wearing on both. There's not productivity in either. God wants to bring health and wholeness and productivity to our relationships. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. In other words, what Jethro was saying in a very nice way, stop trying to be the freaking whole neighborhood. You are not the whole neighborhood. <laughs> the Bible says don't think more of, you than, more of yourself than you ought. Some of us think we're the whole neighborhood. We've got to take care of the whole neighborhood. You were never called to take care of the whole neighborhood. <laughs> We are to take care of ourselves, and as we are faithful to ourselves and we're loving and supportive of others, this relationship of separateness and connection can take place. But we need to stop being the whole neighborhood. And some of us, if I could have, Christine, if you can come and join me, some of us need to learn to guard our property lines. This morning, someone's watching, and, and you're hearing this knowing that you're not even sure who you are. You've been living in fear of the powerful in your life. It could be a controlling husband. It, it could be a parent. It, it, it could be so many different things today. Maybe you've been an abuse victim and someone took your no so many years ago and your no muscle is broken. And I'm here to tell you today that the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, that God can begin to fix what is broken. God can restore what has been taken away. It's being true to these ideas. It's being understanding of, of truth today. And the Bible says the truth is what will set you free. It's knowing as you're listening and watching today that if you can kind of just say, you know what? I know this is for me. I know I need to grow in this area. Remember that when we come from the factory with something broken, for today, you might be listening going, oh, my goodness, I'm a control freak. I think I'm the whole neighborhood. I'm the guy showing up with the yellow paint. I haven't figured out why I can't keep friends. <laughs> I, I can't figure out why people don't like me. Because you've been carrying your yellow paint, well-meaning. You've been so well-meaning. We wouldn't, we wouldn't say, you know, you've been not well-meaning, but you've been crossing boundary lines. Today as we consider these things, it's such a great area to grow in. But, hey, all of us 
myself included, I came from the factory with some things broken. I was raised in an atmosphere where you, and I raised my kids in the same atmosphere, thinking this was the right way. That when my kids said no to me, no, my response was, don't you ever say no to me. Don't you ever say no. I could probably enunciate, and if I say it any louder, if my kids are watching, they might, they might pull into a fetal position <laughs> because of, of muscle memory. And, honey, you, you, we laugh about it today, but as we look at the damage that my heart and my life, well intending, but no, I will, you cannot have, no, you, you don't say no to me. The problem with that is that they didn't know how to say no to anything. I never taught my children properly how to have a, a healthy no. And so when, when, when things come along in their life that they should have been able to say no to, they couldn't because I took their no away. And so there's so many areas this applies to this morning. But I, we're here to say today that what comes broken from the factory, God can restore. God can fix. As we enter into process of saying, God, I need your grace. You won't fix this. But as we dig around and the additives happen, God can begin to be, he's so fatal, he will pour in what came missing from the factory. Or today, uh, as you're, you're just thinking, I could never say no. To the weak, to the powerful, we're going to learn how to meet out what's right. Honey, you have a number of things that you're going to pray for. I'm excited because God answers prayer. He's going to do some miracles today. That's right. And just before you do, I just want to ask, we do this in every service. If you're here today and you're online and you've never asked Jesus into your life, I want to give you that opportunity today. As you listen today, I want you to know that God designed you with boundaries. You might be going, I, I don't even know why I'm on planet Earth. Well, there is one who made you. He has your manual. <laughs> he has the manual for your life. And you maybe never even considered that you were born with a destiny. You were born with a purpose. The one who's holding your manual today wants to come into your life. If that's you today, you'd say, I would love to have Jesus in my life. I'd like to lead you in a very simple prayer. Christina's just going to repeat the prayer after me, and it's just to make it easier for you, right where you are today, wherever you're watching, that you would pray this prayer, a simple prayer of invitation to ask Jesus into your life. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. That you love me. That you love me. Just the way I just am. Just the way I am. I feel like. I feel like. I'm lost today. I'm lost today. I don't know what my purpose I is. I don't know what my purpose but is. But I've heard. But I've heard. You have a purpose for me. You have a me. purpose for me. You hold. You hold. My, my owner's manual. My owner's manual. I want to partner with you today. I want to partner with you today. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my Come life. Into Come my into life. my life. Forgive my sin. Forgive my sin. I live with you. I live with from you. This moment from on. this moment in on. Jesus in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hey, you prayed that prayer for the first time. We believe you're born again. God is in your life. And I mean, hey, we always, it's so, I get excited because it's so exciting <laughs> when people make this decision. And uh, we hope that you'll text in the box today, I made yeah. the decision. Yes, or um, send us a text at 613-704-7287. It's important that we know so that we can celebrate and that you know that you have someone behind you. So, um, Make sure you let us know this morning. All right. We have some prayer requests. Um, you know, COVID's a hard time right now. I, I, I see on here that our grandparents are not doing well. And, and um, it's tough. Yeah. Just people that are hurting today. Yeah. But it is. It's a hard time because people are feeling isolated. And we just want to. We have a, a whole 
bunch of prayer things. We're just going to press in right now. Father, we thank you, God, this morning that, Father, in our loneliness, we can turn to you, Father. God, that you are always there. And even though there are so many that feel alone, grandparents and aunts and uncles and children that can't even see their parents, but God, that you will just fill that void. God, for stomach issues this morning, God, back pain, for mental illness, God, for peace and strength, God, that you will just pour into these this morning. Uh, for someone that's been paralyzed from a fall, God, to break addictions, God, we're praying for marriages, Jesus, Father, Jesus, that you'll just Jesus. intervene where this yes, is a hard Lord. time, God, and people are spending more time together, Lord, than, than they're used to, and God, that you will just put a peace in those situations. God, for business owners this morning that are just struggling during this time, God, God, I just pray that you will just even meet in the, God, them in, in the place of their financial need, God, that you will just meet them there, God, that those financial needs will be met, God, and they won't even know how, but God, they will know that you are in control, God, and you are in control of their finances, Father. God, I just pray for all these requests and for all those watching this morning, God, that you will pour into them this morning. They'll feel such a fullness after this service today, God, that you will have filled them up, and Father, as they go into this new week, God, you will just take them day to day, moment to moment, God. We just thank you, Father, this morning that we can gather, and even though it's not like it normally is, God, we are gathering as a body. God, we thank you for our family. God, we thank you for our church family, Harvest Christian Fellowship, and we just bless each and every one of them. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. That's all there is. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot, but usually we have a lot more to talk about, but that's just (laughs) (laughs) Harvest. We're so blessed that people came today and uh, that you're here with us. You know, as you were praying uh, about breaking loneliness, I I just, it was just, this is my mind's eye, just whoever wrote that in and others that relate to that today, just feeling the darkness and almost like the prison sentence of COVID. That's uh, right. I just, our prayer is that you will just so know the blessing of God's presence this week and know that you know that you know that you are free and free indeed. Hey guys, enjoy your group this week as you process through this material. I mean, you for one and me for one. This isn't easy stuff that I talked about today, is it? No, no. This is stuff we've got to work through. And um, but as you, this is get, stuff we've worked through. This is stuff. We, <laughs> <laughs> this is stuff that we have worked through. That's right. Because I was that powerful. I, I came across as that powerful. And that was not always easy for you to say no. But you're getting Still really not good easy. At, that's really, <laughs> but you're getting really good at it. I, I'm just so proud of you and I love you so much. Oh. Uh, and as, yeah, as we've learned in our marriage to have proper lines and proper right. individuality. Even in marriages, you need boundaries. Absolutely. You know, even in marriages, you need otherwise to the, have your no. Otherwise, the connection can't grow. You, 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 yeah, without separateness, there can't be connection. Without connection, there can't be separateness. So our prayer is, as you work through this in group, uh, right. vulnerably, just like we are today, hey, we're all working on this. God bless you. We love Have you, Harvest. Love you so much. Have be blessed. Have an amazing week.